Wonder how that woman came up with her cool idea and turned it into a business? Listen in to find out how. Welcome to Women Inspired. I'm your host, Linda Ugalow, and on this show I speak with women and a few cool dudes, all of them artists, healers, entrepreneurs, and change makers about what fires them up and how they put their dreams into action. And today I'm really excited to have a social media PR and marketing expert who also is the founder of Innovation Women, a speaking bureau. Welcome, Bobby Carlton. Thank you so much. I'm you got everything in there. <laughs> I tried. Did I get? Did I miss anything? I did miss a few things because mom, mom, mom. and Mass Innovation. Yeah, Mass Innovation Night. So you you've been in your field for a long time and have grown many branches. Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah, working for myself for the last uh, nine years. Wow. So you started in, in the PR marketing and. PR. Social media? Yeah, well, okay. back when I started, it wasn't social media yet, because social media didn't exist then, but uh, about 30, 30 plus years of public relations first, then getting into more of the web-based marketing, and the, the last uh, nine years working for myself, marketing, public relations, and social media marketing. Wow, so you've seen all the innovations, <laughs> and you've been in it and using it. Yep, absolutely. And I love using the tools that people bring us to launch. You know, if you're able to actually use it, you have a better understanding of what it is that you're marketing. So when you say people bring you things to launch, mm -hmm. describe that a little bit. What does that mean? Sure. So um, I have three companies. So Carlton PR Marketing is uh, really devoted to startups and small companies. And we work with companies to launch and market their products. And then Innovation Nights is really strictly a product showcase. So it's focused on new products and helping them get more visibility. And then Innovation Women is focused on the Speakers Bureau. So that's getting women more opportunities to get on stage and tell their stories. Wow. I have a team. It's not just me. Oh, good. <laughs> well, you know, that's really interesting. So it's not saying that it wouldn't be possible for you to do all that by yourself, would it? Oh my goodness, no. And, and part of what we do with Innovation Nights in particular is building a community that supports local entrepreneurs. So it's not even my team, it's the companies themselves working together collectively, as well as the community supporting local entrepreneurs. Okay, so describe what an Innovation Night looks like. Sure, so Innovation Nights, to most people from the outside, it looks like a monthly event. It looks like tabletop demonstrations of new products with an audience that is often social media savvy enough to check out the cool new products and blog about them, tweet about them, um, post it on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Twitter, Instagram, whatever, and to help get the word out about local entrepreneurs and the new products that they're launching. To us, it's actually a month-long marketing program where as soon as one event is done, we're starting the promotion of the next one. The company, uh, new products go up on our website, then we put them in a newsletter, we have a social media amplification tool that we use to get out the word. We drive somewhere like 1.2 million views a month on, on a slow month. It, it's gone up higher on some months. Wow. Yeah, 
that's fun. <laughs> it does sound fun. And, and we try to drive that kind of party atmosphere. So we move each event around. We're in a different place. A large company or an organization will host the event and sponsor it, and they will get uh, a whole group of social media savvy people coming into their location. And they often do it because the people will look around and say, I could picture myself working here. I could picture this company using my products. So it's an opportunity for the IBMs, the Microsofts, the Googles, the Miters, the Autodesks, uh, to uh, Draper, to connect with the local startup community. Wow. It sounds like you know everybody in this region. <laughs> I do have a little bit of a reputation. Uh, my team calls me the human LinkedIn. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, it sounds like you must be quite a connector. Yeah, in Boston, absolutely. That's amazing. So let's look at the Innovation Women. Mm -hmm. So that's your newest endeavor, is that right? That is. And why did you start that? You know, I, so... Because of Innovation Nights, I go to so many events. I get invited a lot and, you know, hey, Bobby, come and bring your iPhone and tweet about our event. Uh, but I also get invited out and I spend a lot of time in the audience watching what I think of as the all-male, all-pale panels. And partly it's because an event manager will see someone on stage say, oh, that person tells a good story, I want them for my event and they'll invite that person to speak at their event, which ends up perpetuating some of the same stories, the same people on stage at events. And frankly, a lot of them are older white men because they've been out, they've been telling their story, people know them. And from my point of view, I'm all about the visibility, all about getting people who might not have those same networks and that same opportunity to get on stage, I want them out there. I want them to be able to tell their story. You know, it's the marketing person in me. So after a lot of all-male, all-pale panels, I started connecting with some of the event managers and saying, hey, let's get a little more diversity on stage. And so Innovation Women was born. Mm -hmm. And so what is your aim? Like how, what does innovation provide? Sure, so Innovation Women is a database, it's online, it's self-service. Speakers can put their names into the database, they build their own profile, and event managers can come in, create a free account, and search for their next speaker. You know, they can put in a topic, they can put in a location, a title, an industry, and find speakers who are available to speak to their events. Mm -hmm. And how, how well is it used? How, 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 how much is it being used? Uh, well, last month we did something like 167 matches. Wow. So event managers, managers will come in and sometimes they'll do a whole group of speakers for one big event. Uh, we did a challenge for the main Startup and Create Week, which is coming up in June. And we said, you put together an entirely gender-based, or sorry, gender-balanced event and we will provide each of your speakers with a free account on our site. And so they've been using the site a lot <laughs> to connect with more speakers. That's great. That's yeah. great. And that, that whole idea of making that kind of an exchange is something that's scalable as well. 
I hope so. Uh, we have speakers from all over the world. It's mm -hmm. not just the speakers in the Boston area. Mm -hmm. We have speakers overseas. We have speakers really across the country. Mm -hmm. That's really exciting. Yeah. So good. what do you feel is like the next thing for you in, let's say, Innovation Women? <laughs> I thought you were going to say the next thing. I'm like, oh, I've got enough on my plate right now. I actually have a person who's on my team who's job is to tell me no you can't start something new because mm. I get excited about things. how much do they get paid yeah <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> um, I already have somebody filling that job they have other things to do too uh, I don't think it's a full-time job yet uh, but for innovation women it's really growing that database and connecting in different communities because a lot of the speaking opportunities are local um, a local meetup is not going to invite someone from the next town over. They want somebody in their backyard. So we need to make sure that we have a quorum in each city, in each community, to be able to have the local event managers come in and use it. Mm -hmm. And how much speaking do you do yourself? A lot. <laughs> um, I, so not as actually much as I used to because I'm spending more time pushing some of those opportunities to other people. And I used to get asked to speak a lot on topics I really didn't know a lot about. And so uh, that was actually another reason that Innovation Women was born. Hmm. You know, it's finding the people who could be an expert and speak on HTML5 or cybersecurity or telehealth. You know, we want those people to be getting out there and talking about things at an expert level. Mm -hmm. So what would your favorite topics be? Right now, my favorite topic is actually how to get more women speaking at conferences and events. Mm -hmm. So, you know, really driving people to understand how we can get more people on stage because getting people on stage is opening up this incredibly wide variety of opportunities. We talk about visibility equals an opportunity. Every time you're on stage, you get a chance to tell your story, you're connecting with customers, you're connecting potentially with investors, maybe there's a new job or a board seat sitting in that audience somewhere. So every time we get women on stage, they have more opportunities. And quite frankly, they need some of these opportunities. We've got to balance the scales a bit. If you look at the amount of venture capital, for example, that goes to women-founded companies, it's a tiny fraction of what goes to male-founded companies. So we've got to balance the scales a bit. And I chose speaking engagements as kind of the point to where I want to apply that lever. Mm -hmm because you see it as the possibility of one to speaking to many. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And every time we get someone on stage, you know, if you speak to 200 people today, you're not just speaking to 200 people. You're speaking to 200 people and their networks. There could potentially be hundreds of people that are following someone who tweets a picture of you and a description of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you, this is a theme. Of <laughs> I have a theme. A theme of using social media to amplify our experiences, what we do, what we see, what we like, what we're trying. Yeah. So it happens in the innovation nights and 
also you see this as a vehicle to help women get their message out. Yeah. And their yeah, I, when I started my career, it was public relations, and it was pushing a message out through the mass media. And today, if you take the 4,000 people that I'm connected to on LinkedIn, for example, that connects me to something like 170 million people on the LinkedIn platform. The Boston Globe lands on you know maybe a few hundred thousand doorsteps every morning. You know, that's the mass media. I, as an individual, have the opportunity to reach so many more people through social media than I do through the mass media. Mm -hmm. And it, sound, it feels to me, when I hear you talk about it, that it's almost, you're so fluent in this language <laughs> of social media. It doesn't feel like it's something that you have to learn about. You just use it. But, but it probably was a process, a long process, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I was working with a startup that was targeting uh, preteen girls with a website, a line of gifts and accessories, and a book series back when social media was just starting to come up. And, um, you know, I have to admit, you know, a lot of people who were using it at the time were college students and younger people. So to me, it was the digital natives who grew up with social media were going to be the ones who were most fluent in it. You know, I don't know about you, but my kids use technology and computers like they breathe. And you do have to learn about it as an adult. Um, you know, we work with clients all the time whose other option in terms of uh, social media marketing services is, oh, I have a nephew who goes to college and, and loves Facebook, and, and he'll do my social media. Okay, that's great. Does your nephew also know marketing practices and you know how to write clearly to sell products to people? If they do, wonderful, much cheaper than us. Uh, you probably just have to feed them pizzas at that age, but um, I, I we learn constantly in social media, and it's constantly evolving. Yeah. The, the platforms change, the capabilities change. All of these social networks are constantly adding new features or changing how their interfaces work, so you have to be constantly using it to keep up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It sounds like it's a happy place for you. It is. It's always learning something new. Uh huh. And uh, one of the reasons I got involved, I think, in high tech and marketing originally was wanting to be right where the action is, uh -huh. wanting to always see the new stuff. You know, what's going on over there? I'm always curious about what's coming up. Uh-huh. And so you've kind of created that as your work. Yep. I did indeed. That's really cool. So with growing any business, and here you have three. <laughs> They're all related. They're all related, but there's still, you know, each one is a project, yeah. big project that you have other people helping you with. What are some of the, there must be challenges that come up. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I like to share with audiences are, you know, that it's not just, you know, a straight ride up <laughs> the graph but that there so nice, are, <laughs> it would be so nice, but it, it isn't. And yet we survive and we go on. And I'm wondering if there's some, something you can share with us about, you know, something that didn't go as planned mm -hmm. 
and that you are able to survive and move on from. Yeah, I, I think some of the biggest challenges for any business owner are hiring the right people, connecting with the right people, and, and finding the right team around you. Um, you know, going back to the startup that I was working with before I ran my own business, you know, we ran out of money in 2008, and a lot of companies ran out of money at that time. Um, you know, it was going to be a venture-funded uh, company. It was angel-funded at the time I was working with it, and, you know, not having money to go forward with it was heartbreaking. You know, you, you pour your body and soul into these startups, and when it doesn't work out, it's like someone died. You know, you're grief-stricken, and it took a long time to get back from that. So, um, you know, I think that was a huge lesson learned, and the, the mistakes that you make in that business and in your own business are the ones that teach you things. Sometimes I swear if, if you have success, it's not the thing you learn from. You learn from the failures. Mm -hmm. So what did you learn from that? I learned finding the right team members is key and uh, finding the right people to align yourself with in terms of partnerships, very, very important. Um, I also learned that everything I do has to be a sustainable business. Uh, Mass Innovation Nights, we don't charge the entrepreneurs, we don't sell tickets to it. And so we have to have another business model to sustain it. It has sponsors. So large companies sponsor the event and they, they have their own reasons for doing so, whether it's connecting with the startup community or connecting with new hires or perhaps even acquiring a company. So we have to think about how we present innovation nights to those sponsors to make sure that they get something out of it. I talk about Mass Innovation Nights as a win-win proposition. It will only work if everyone who attends it, who exhibits at it, who sponsors it, wins. They all have to, have to get something out of it. Mm -hmm. So the other question I had about that experience of the startup that you worked for, mm -hmm. what did you, like you said, it was heartbreaking. Yeah. How did you pick yourself up? I don't think I had much of a choice. <laughs> um, you know, like we kind of, there was like a laying off. I mean, everybody said, okay, there's no more money. We have to go our own ways. And I actually came back into the office pretty much the next day and said, okay, I have to set up my own company now. And I tried to make it easy on the core people that were you know, still moving forward. There was the CEO and, and a couple of junior people who were gonna try and keep going um, while the rest of us, you know, didn't have jobs anymore. And I went right back into the office the next day and said, okay, I'm here to help where I can, but I also need a workspace. And the CEO it had been like, if you need to use the office, it's there, it's empty, go ahead. Uh, she was incredibly generous that way and you know, welcoming me back in. And my give back was I can help make the transition easy. So that's, that's what I did to kind of keep moving forward. But uh, keeping busy, you know. That sounds incredibly resilient. The next day you're like, <laughs> okay, it's my turn to. Now, had you been thinking about starting your own company? No. 
it just seemed like, I mean, why did you, why did that come into your mind rather than, oh, I have to go get another there job? There were no jobs. There were no jobs. It was the financial crisis. The economy had fallen off a cliff. Um, I talked to some people. I was definitely, you know, immediately sending out resumes, but it was very apparent there were no jobs at that point, especially for senior level marketing people. Wow. And so the, the business that you started with was your social media marketing PR right. firm. Yep. And you just had a belief that, yep, I can do this. I went back to clients. I went back to people I'd worked with in the past, having that network at the ready, um, having a reputation already in the industry. I could go back to people I've worked with in the past and say, got any work? I'm available. So that was, you know, you should always have a network available mm -hmm. to you. Mm -hmm. So how, how long did it take you to like get traction? Um, it's hard to say because the economy was really so difficult at right. that time. Um, I was laid off in November and I started Innovation Nights in April of the next year. Oh. So Carlton PR Marketing was me doing consulting work at first. And then Innovation Nights was really my vehicle to larger visibility for the fact I was running a business. So it took me a little while to kind of figure out how that would work. Um, you know, I wanted to try, I wanted to try something. Uh, I'd been on the board of the Charles River Museum of Industry and Innovation in Waltham for several years mm -hmm. at that point. And I'd been a really bad board member in terms of the time I was working on the startup. What is being a bad more, a board member? You're not member showing concerned? up. Oh, you're not showing up, but that would be bad. You're busy with other things. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I wasn't, you know, the meetings were during the day when I was busy at work, and it was very hard for me to get there. I'm like, okay, now that I have a little time on my hands, I can be a better board member. And the museum needed foot traffic. It needed people to be able to find it. They needed a bunch of social media people to run around and take pictures of all the cool things that were there. So while I was creating something for myself, I was creating something for the museum. That's so they hosted really... the, the first event. Yeah. Actually, they hosted the first 10 events. Wow. So it's almost as if like by giving, as you say, by having someone else win, you're also getting something yep. for yourself. And it really was setting up the model of the location being uh, a benefiter as well. Mm -hmm. So it received foot traffic, it received social media visibility, mm -hmm. and it received really a new community mm -hmm. of people that were looking around going, this is a cool place, I've never been here before. And when we move around, and as we've been moving around each time, uh, our next event is number 99. Whoa, yeah. that's so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yep, number 100 is coming up in July. Wow. And now every event is in a different location. We return to some locations, you know, once a year, but pretty much every event is at a new location. And people who come to Mass Innovation Nights regularly move with us. You know, mm -hmm. they might not come to everyone, maybe not every event is convenient for them, but they will be con uh, discovering their own community. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
That's really exciting. If you were going to give advice to somebody who is starting in that field of social media or marketing, or what would you tell them? Send me your resume? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think it's listening and watching before you start speaking. I think a lot of people jump in and just start creating content before they've really figured out what they, they want to do and what they should be doing. What is your primary message? What is your primary goal? Figure that out before you start. Mm. And how do people go around listening? Like, are they listening to forums online? Are they reading blogs? Oh, so much information, so little time. Okay. Uh, you know, you can Google any topic and learn almost anything short of brain surgery through everything from YouTube and, and all the different social media platforms that are out there. You can learn how to do so much online. So learn, put into practice, do it. Mm -hmm. Well, this is the time. Oh boy. Where I pull out <laughs> my special box with wild cards. Oh. So I'd love for you to pick one and riff mm. on it. Riff on it. Yeah. All right. Oh, so you warned me this one would be in there. <laughs> you totally warned me this one would be, be in there. And, of course, that's the one that I was right on top. Mm. All right. So you want to tell them what it is? No, you go ahead. Sensuality. Yes, that is. I have to take a look. New glasses time. Um, so when I started Innovation Women, I pictured it as a way to get more women, technical women in particular, and entrepreneurs on stage. And we added in the innovative women to cover kind of a wide variety of female speakers because not everybody is technical, not everybody is an entrepreneur. But for example, one of the, um, the best speakers in our platform talks about HR and she talks about creating startup teams and she's incredibly popular on the platform. So she's not technical, she's not an entrepreneur. And meanwhile, Linda's going, how are you getting to the sensuality part? <laughs> okay, so one of the event managers that we've been working with is WGBH. And they have a series called Boston Talks and they have a one word description for every event. It's like a happy hour that they throw at the WGBH studios. And so they have one-word descriptions of each night, and they have four or five speakers who come in and do an eight-minute talk on a topic, and all the topics are the same. So the first one was sex. And I think the event manager, when she told me the topic is just going to be, was expecting me to go, oh, well, that's not us. I'm like, I've got the perfect speaker. <laughs> and, and she's like, okay. <laughs> and it was a young entrepreneur who has a sex toy uh, business. And the event manager is like, well, I'm going to have to like push that up through the event, uh, through the, the ranks at the station. So that night they had our speaker at the end. Um, but they had a woman who came in and spoke about Puritans and their sex life, uh, another one who spoke about the combat zone, another one who was an exotic dancer, and at the end they had our speaker who was amazing. She was fantastic. 
And so I was just so pleased. And when people ask me, well, what's the most unusual topic you know, you've had uh, a success placing a speaker at, that one's probably it. That's at the top. <laughs> That's great. I love that story. Bobby, I'm so thrilled you were able to come on today. Thanks so much for sharing Thanks. about your wonderful organizations and your wisdom. And I'm excited to see what happens next. Yes, and I'm excited to have people come in and choose you as a speaker. Great. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on our show today. Be sure to come on and check out the next episode. Thank you for listening to Women Inspired. The show is recorded live in the studios of Bedford TV in Massachusetts. Music courtesy of Sheik Gamin. If you like this episode, please leave a review or comment. You can subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or watch all the TV episodes of Women Inspired with the show notes and links at www.lindayugalo.com forward slash TV.